Unite Wedding Photographers, and welcome to episode number 35 of Wedding Photographers Unite. My name is Andy Buscemi, and good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, how are you over in Buffalo today? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Neil, I yeah, think we've been that... Up to. Uh, well, I'm, um, I'm in my new studio space, so it's... Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's a little... Uh, you know, I'm I'm recording with a kind of mic that hopefully it doesn't sound that echoey, and the walls are a little bit like they bleed through from studio to studio. So hopefully there isn't too much background noise, but we'll see what happens here. Um, and then the other thing too is my internet connection isn't that great as of yet. So I think Neil, you hear me like a robot. Is that still happening? Do I still sound yeah, like a robot to you? Like a robot esque voice, um, but hopefully uh, on your track it'll be okay for yeah. our listeners. Yeah, for our listeners it should be fine. But Neil hears me like a robot, and I'm sticking with <laughs> it. Um, okay, so Neil, what's been going on with you? How have you been doing? Is it craziness for you yet? Where are you at? How's it going, man? Um, you know what. I just sat down for the first time in quite some time, like just like five minutes ago. Um, and I really haven't even had a time to reflect of what on earth has been going on in my life of, of work wise. Um, let, let me just say that our season has started. It's, it is in full swing and we're doing a lot of other projects as well as to where uh, these projects were, we, we kind of promised that we would do with them and like over, over time. And um and things are just kind of jumping the gun. So we're, we're kind of getting stuck. Uh, I mean, I know I said this in, in past episodes that we're, we weren't going to um, overwhelm ourselves, but it looks like we have. Um, and it, it, it's just one of those things to where, I mean, you know how it is. I, I mean, look I'm overwhelmed last week about my hands in the air. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> so I think, right. Right. I mean, um, you, you're following two photographers who, are in it. I mean, we're, this, this is our lives. And so you get to listen you know, firsthand of what we're going through. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, I, I can't even answer your question. I, I, I have to actually sit down, um, <laughs> and, and think about it. Um, I mean, I'm, I literally just came off, um, of a project, uh, that I'm doing right now. And just to sit down and record this podcast. And once we're done, I'm going to go back out there and, and, and keep working. Um, and, and yesterday I had an engagement shoot. And then uh, just a couple of days before that, um, you know, I, I, had a, I had a wedding. So it's, it's a little crazy right now, but I love it. I do. Yeah. At the, at the same time, the craziness is good, you know, and that's, that's the thing is like, um, what do you want? You know, it's good to be busy. You, you know what I mean? It's good to be, what's the alternative is not being busy. And that sucks too. You know what, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it, it would be nice to find like that perfect middle ground. But the reality is, is that that perfect never middle ground usually doesn't always come in stride. And so, so we go crazy right, at different right. points and sometimes we have a little bit more downtime, but you know, it just is what it is. And it's, it's funny that you said that because just a couple months ago, like at, you know, in January, February, I was sitting, I was sitting around and thinking, oh my God, I'm, uh, we're we're suffering right now. What are we going to do for business? And it, it's just one of those things where this happens every year. You just got to kind of roll through the roll through the downtimes, and then um, you know, 
and enjoy the good times yes. of, of being busy. Absolutely. And, and you know, that you say that, that, that downtime in like January, February, March, I think everybody, I think every photographer, no matter how successful you are, unless you happen to have like some big, huge projects that they happen to be, you know, working on during those months, which is rare. Um, I think everybody feels like that because we're used to going like a million miles a minute. And then when we actually slow down that much, it's like, wait a second now, is this, is this supposed to be happening? Is this okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? So I feel like, I feel like everybody kind of thinks that to some extent then, um, which is pretty, pretty typical, but like, so my, I'm just going crazy and thanks listeners. That was the first time we ever missed an episode every other week. Um, that last, that last week, um, And so our apologies on that, but that was just a reality of the situation. Um, I was, I had a client. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I had a client um, uh, down in Florida and I'd been working with her for a number of years up in Buffalo when I was in Buffalo and she moved down to Florida and really liked working with me and is having another baby. So they, you know, flew me down there for like, uh, you know, we did a, uh, the newborn session, like a six month and a mm-hmm. one year session. And I don't really do too many family sessions i don't like advertise it or anything but if they're people that i like and that i've worked with before that's cool and i'll do it and especially if they're flying me down to florida that's cool you know so um so the thing is is that um i already had that gig and then this other i mentioned i think a few weeks ago on the podcast this uh, lilac festival thing came up over here in rochester and uh the thing was is that she i was originally scheduled to go down like when the lilac festival was happening and i had to like network all that and try to make sure that you know it was like hey can we do the shoot but my plane you know we were talking about that schedule with your wedding that one wedding that you know you were a little bit nervous about well i was nervous about this because i could still do it but i was nervous about like oh my god i'm gonna do the shoot and then i've got to be back on friday um you know for the lilac festival and that's i'm not messing around with the with this gig (laughs) you know what i mean like it's a pretty big pretty big deal and um so it worked out really great because uh, she ended up having the baby early. So she had the baby early. Um, and then that was like when we would normally be doing the podcast, um, you know, which was like a week ago. So I went down there last week, shot. Um, I, you know, I paid a little. I was just talking to you prior to our recording. Um, I took a little bit of a hit on the flight changes and my client was willing to pay for it. But I was just kind of like. Um, she's, you know, bringing me down a couple more times and it was, you know, a matter of, I paid an extra couple hundred bucks or something like that, you know, to change the flights, but it was worth it for me because now I feel at ease going into this thing and I could plan appropriately, um, for, for this gig, which is a big 10 day gig, you know, where I've got all these shot lists and all these shots. I'm going to be able to get on stage with bands and stuff like that. It's a, it's, I'm nervous about it cause it's not mm. in my normal um, realm, but, um, it's um i'm very excited about it at the same time so i didn't i just didn't want that hanging over me and luckily that worked out the right way so um yeah and, and you know I, I think it's okay to do that once in a while especially when you have i think i mentioned this on the last episode is when you have those vip clients it's where you know that they're just gonna keep spending money on on your services it's okay to take a hit once in a mm-hmm. while um i mean it's, it's i mean i would don't don't do it all the time because you won't be in business but you know you'll 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 know it when you have those clients that are really special to you um you know it's it's okay to take a hit once in a while it's um i wouldn't nickel and dime everybody it's it's uh it's it all depends on the client so you made a good choice and every situation is unique too and plus like i love these people you know what i mean and it's like in the combination of like loving them and it's like they're flying me down there anyway and it's just like i'm just happy to you know i i'm very i feel very blessed for what i'm able to do and everything like that and it's just like 
um, you know, it's just not worth it sometimes, you know, to get into that. And, and in the end, you know, sh- maybe she'll order more prints or something like that. Cause she was talking about order some, ordering some prints. So it doesn't really, you know, in any event, um, did you any, did you bring any, uh, little books down there to, uh, did you work on your, um, in-person sales <laughs> so uh no well what's funny is i posted like a new studio picture on you know for my studio space and michaela like immediately commented on it and she was like oh it looks great and then, <laughs> and then um, i'm like yeah you know there's gonna be lots of nice work going up on the walls yeah but i'm but it is definitely in the back of my head and actually i think like all my work that I did have hanging when I was working out of my home, I think I'm just redoing everything. And I want to go a little bit classier for, um, mm-hmm. some, for what I'm thinking of putting work up on the wall here. So, um, good. Good. yeah, I can't wait to see it in person. Now, uh, describe the studio a little bit. Um, how, how big is the size? Uh, does it have natural light coming in? Uh, what was important to you of when choosing the studio? Yeah. Great question. And I, I hit a lot of my bullet points. Um, the, you know, the space itself is maybe like 1,200 square feet, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice size. And it's, uh, you know, beautifully remodeled. They just kind of like uh, did the hardwood floors and um, uh, it's not a ton of natural light. And the thing is, is um, I, I, I actually, um, the owner actually came, when I was looking at the place, she basically said, hey, you know, we could put in some, we were thinking about putting in nice big windows over here. And I kind of said, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, though, I kind of told her no. And the reason is, is because I was, you know, I don't like having to worry about blocking out that light because it was right against the wall where I was going to put my backdrop. And I felt like that would have been too much light. But now I'm having oh. second thoughts. Yeah. So I still might go back and say, hey, if you want to put in those windows, feel free. Um, <laughs> well, just but, find out what direction uh, that, that light will face. <laughs> right. But uh, if you have that south, what was it, southwest lighting, I think everybody. So I'm actually, oh, I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm looking at that wall right now. And, and, it hap- and it's like about almost, it's close to sunset. And light is kind of like beating through that window. And it's kind of a small window there. And they were talking about making them like larger windows to the side. Um, so I'm still kind of debating that. But, but, the, but the big thing is, is that the landlord is amazing. And uh, that was, that's pretty key. You know what I mean? Like when you have somebody that's like on top of maintaining the space. Because I've been in situations where that wasn't the case. And that yes. is not, never pleasant. And you're like in some lease with people that don't respond and, and all that. So um, it's a beautiful space, great landlord. Uh, and the other thing too is great tenants. Other, the other tenants, it's a very artistic, you know, cool vibe, very similar to, to your building in Buffalo. Okay. Um, and there's like a coffee shop on my floor that these guys are, are doing all sorts of crazy stuff over here. And it's, it's very artistic, cool vibe going on in this building with art galleries and all sorts of things. And for me, honestly, Man, like from working out of my home in the burbs for like eight months, like I needed to be here. Like I needed some socialization <laughs> on a on a on the artistic human level, if you know what I mean. So yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever I go to my building, you know, I it's as soon as I enter those doors and I just look at everything that's around me and people that are working every day um, who are on set schedules. I don't know. I, I just I, I just get inspired right away. As soon as I enter those doors, like I'm like, as soon as I enter those doors, I'm ready to work. I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, when you're working at home, you just, you know, you're at home, you're relaxed. It's, it's kind of hard to uh, get inspired. So that's one positive thing about, you know, working at a studio space like that. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, is just like, 
I, I'm finding that I get up earlier. You know what I mean? Like I get up earlier because I want to get here earlier and grab some coffee over the coffee place over there. And it's when I'm at home, I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter when I wake up because I'll just be working <laughs> from home all day. You know, but here, like, I don't know. There's just something about like, it's nice to be able to go to work again, you know, after eight months of not having a studio space. So um, definitely enjoying it. I think it was the right decision. And I think it's um, going to, you know, you know, I think that it pays off in the long run for for your business for the for the way that um, um, you know the way that clients uh, view you. You know, as a as a, as an independent business as well. So, um, so yeah, so that's all going pretty well. Um, that said, uh, listeners, we do have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. But first, uh, just in case you forgot, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. Uh, By working busy wedding photographers. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, you just totally like turned into a robot there when you said it on my end. So I don't know if maybe I'll just leave in my feed and listeners can hear that. Or maybe I'll grab your feed and add it together. Who knows? But, you know, by wedding photographers in a robotic tone. Um, (laughs) Again, my internet isn't that great here until I get it set up the right way. Um, uh, anyway, uh, the show goes live every other Tuesday, and while we're at it, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes, and help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Uh, okay, so uh, we have a few topics, and we're just going to kind of freeform it and see where we go, but these are questions that are that were either asked to us or left to us. Uh, in the recent survey that we did, and I'm just going to pull that up and get to our first one, unless, Neil, you see it. Uh, okay, so, Neil, my question for you from listener, okay. but it's for us. Yeah. How do, and this, These kind of two questions are kind of combined, but how do you know when you're good enough, and how do you start as a wedding photographer? I think those questions are kind of combined. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you're good enough to start and how do you start um, when you take those first initial steps? We've maybe briefly touched on this before, but maybe we can get a little bit more in depth with it and see where uh, see where the conversation goes. I think it all based, it's all based on your comfort level and your confidence. Um, I, I don't think that any you know there's this term of that people always ask or or this question that people always ask is when do you th- consider yourself as a professional photographer? Um, and, and a lot of people think, you know, if, if you make enough money as to where you can survive on your photography, that's, that's when you're good enough, um, which is true. But I believe that when you're a professional photographer, and I, I think I've said this way, way, I think almost a year ago in, in a very early episode, um, is that when you can pick up a camera at any point and create a professional image, a portfolio-worthy image, um, and given any circumstance, uh, and that's pretty much what a wedding is, is, um, you, you, you might be given the worst church lighting, might be given the worst hotel room lighting. Um, but you need to know the craft is to where you can pull off a professional image at any point of the day. Um, I think that's when you can start doing that and you can capture the moments, um, even when things break, even when lent, you know, manual fo- or autofocuses break, 
and you can still work with what you have. I what, think that's way which which reminds me, I have a conundrum for you. But continue. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Something glad. that happened to me in my last wedding. But go. <laughs> Autofocus broke. I take now, it. <laughs> now that you bring that up, uh, well, something, yeah, something, no, something. no. I mean, I, that's what I think. That once you have that confidence that you can take an image in almost any situation, um, I think I think that's when you can start and then doing doing them on your own. Okay. What, what about you? Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's true, at least in my opinion. Um, it, once you're starting to charge like real money, you know what I mean? For a, for a wedding and are carrying yourself as a professional that can do that. I would, I would also put out there because I know for like amateurs starting, um, at some point you just need to start and you learn by doing. So the only thing that I would add to that is when you're totally fresh and totally new, I think that it's actually okay to start earlier and everything like that and just just doing it. However, the important like by themselves on their own or what do you, what are you thinking? Uh well, okay, so definitely you want to second shoot with other people first for sure. Yes. Okay, like unquestionably like I know that that's all, that's easier said than done and sometimes it's very hard to get in, but that's why you go to networking meetings, that's why you go to different meetings where photographers are meeting up. Um if you're antisocial, you're not going to be able to get in, but if you're social and you actually get to know people and get to go to these uh, meet up at a bar where photographers are, are hanging out or whatever, like go to those. Like don't not go to those. But the, but yeah, second shoot first. But 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 even so, my 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 point was I think that like at some point you just start. You just it's okay to start, but my my overall point is this. You have to be 120% honest with your initial clients where you're at. You have to be totally honest, honest with them. Mm-hmm. And as long as you do that and say, "Hey, this will be my first wedding." I think that I'm pretty good in these situations and these situations I might not be. As long as you're honest with them and maybe, and I, and I would even suggest like, you know, charging, you know, well, for yeah, at the appropriate jump. level yeah. for that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah you can't, can't jump in there and, and charge $4,000 for your first wedding. I would, I would price it accordingly. Um, maybe 1500 to 2000. Yeah, or even I got to be honest with you. Maybe my, that might be too high. I'm right, not sure. Exactly. My first weddings were like seven hundred fifty bucks. Do you know what I mean? This is okay. in like in like twenty ten, um, and mm-hmm. and I did maybe like two or three of those weddings, you know, and then I immediately built up a little portfolio, and then I was like, okay, I can charge more now, and then and then you build now, up from there. Um, now hold on, uh, just remind me. I don't, I don't know if you told us in the past. Did you um, do any second shooting before you started? Yeah, I actually did. And and I did that like okay. pretty much in conjunction with those first few weddings that I just mentioned there. Um okay. so I did do some second shooting and and that was extremely you know, ended up being extremely beneficial to me to like just understand the flow of the of the day and see how other people did things and get an idea of, you know, what you liked that they did and maybe what you didn't like that they did. Um mm-hmm. but getting the flow of a wedding day down um and and also I don't know about you, but like the first few weddings that I did, I came home and I dropped out. I I was just like, I like, I like passed out because it is intense. So much more intense than I think people think. Um, Were your first weddings like crazy like that? Like, I I just remember like passing out coming home from my first few weddings or Uh, maybe was that just me? Well, that night, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm every, still to this day, I'm so charged up. Um, that I don't, I don't even fall asleep until four or five o'clock in the morning after a wedding because um, I don't know if it's adrenaline or energy or whatever. I, I'm just pumped. 
but yeah, the next day it feels like I ran a marathon. And uh, just last year I started doing, I started counting my steps during weddings. Um, and probably the most steps I've ever taken in a wedding was what is my Jamaican uh, destination wedding. And I took over 30,000 steps uh, during that wedding. And I think there was equivalent, there was, there was about 12, 12 or 15, I don't know, uh, flights of stairs that I did. Um, this is for all those people who, you know, count steps and stuff. Uh, but usually a, like an average wedding, I do about uh, like a local wedding, probably about between 15,000 and 20,000 steps. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not only the physical stuff that, that I get drained. It's, it's also the um, mentally yeah. mental. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. Um, I mean, on a Sunday, I mean, I'm down for the count. Um, that's why we don't take as many uh, double weddings anymore because I'm just completely, like you said, completely exhausted, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, so we're very, very picky of, of our, uh, of our double weddings that we choose to do. Uh, we like, we like to, we like to do the double weddings that start like at four o'clock. Um, they're, they're only like four to 10 o'clock <laughs> the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It really is. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it for that, that topic. Uh, you know, um, so I guess in summary, uh, yeah, two different little, uh, points of view there. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think that that's, that's true for depending on the level that you're at, you know, at some point you need to get started, but be honest with your clients, I guess is my position. But I also agree with you that, that, you know, if, when you start charging actually, you know, like real money, like, you know, $2,500 and above that kind of thing, you are Mm -hmm. then saying that you are, you know, at least in my opinion, a professional wedding photographer that can handle yourself in all situations. And that's actually why, let me bring this up again. And I brought this up on the podcast. That's actually why people that say they're natural light photographers that don't know how to use flash i don't know and i'm just gonna say it man like i don't think that you can call yourself a i don't think that you fit in that category because there are situations where you have to be able to light things in order to get a quality image and you and and so that's i just need to reiterate my opinion on that i guess um, I think that, I think that that's part of being a pro is like, like you were mentioning, being able to handle yourself in, in all kinds of different situations. And, and what if you're something breaks on your camera and you got to keep shooting? Um, do you have a backup? Do you have a third backup? Do you know what to do with the camera that you have in your hand? If, if there's some problem with it, which let's go off topic here and go to a little wedding photographer's conundrum for you, Neil. Is that okay? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's bring okay. it. Yep. Go. Okay. So you're shooting a wedding and you are with the girls in the morning and you got your two camera bodies and you go to take a photo with one camera body. And as you take this photo, the exposure meter on your camera is at zero, which means you should have a nicely well lit even exposure, right? Um, but as you take this photo with your exposure meter at zero and, and they're like, the girls are like in the hotel room and you're shooting from basically right next to the window, shooting into the hotel room. So you should have good light on the girls, right? And you go to take this photo, exposure meter is at zero and the image comes out, washed out, overblown, um, just overblown everything, like totally almost white. 
What do you do? Hmm. And and you take a couple more, and it says exposure meter zero. Take a couple more, same thing. What do you do? Did you go? Did you go to your second camera? Uh, totally. To just to yeah yeah yeah. And and did the same thing happen with the second camera? Nope, second camera's fine. Okay. Well, then I mean, then um, I would go straight to that second camera and just keep things flowing. Yes. And then once you have a downtime moment, uh, go to your second camera and just see what's up with it. Um, see if there's anything that you're missing. Uh, it could be. It could, uh, see, I'm, I'm might not be the most uh, perfect person to ask this, just because uh, I'm not the most technical uh, kind of person. It, it could be anything in in your camera settings um, as to where something's locked. Um, so, you, you just never know, mm-hmm. um, but I would just don't even don't even let that stress you out. Go to your second camera. That's what that second camera is for. Yep. Keep things going, and then during a down moment, uh, take a look at that second body and see what is going on with it. Yep, and absolutely, and that's 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 pretty much exactly what I did. I was like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to shoot the second camera body. Um, mm-hmm. But and then you know I started looking at it and it just was doing it consistently like everything was overexposed on everything, and uh, hmm. so then I went into the settings a little bit and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but what I did see was that there's um, there's like a, an uh, exposure like in an advanced settings menu you can choose like on, on the Nikon D750 like the optimal exposure and you can tell it um to expose everything down one stop for example um so yeah. it was at zero it wasn't saying that it was at something different than it should have been but i just yeah. told it to um well actually before i even figured that out i was just like okay i'll expose everything <laughs> under two stops you know, like as I was shooting, I continued to use that second camera. And when I exposed everything down to stops and checked the histogram, by the way, because it could just look different on my monitor on the screen, yeah, but I did check the histogram. But point is, is that literally everything was exposing over like by two stops. So I start shooting and I just meter everything down to stops. And so, and that was working and I could continue to shoot and the images were coming out fine, but I'm still like freaking out in my head. I'm like, what the shit is wrong with this camera? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, uh, so, but now, but now did you start doing this right at that moment as to where the girls were just kind of standing there pretty. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, know, or, what, um, did you just, so when there was downtime, when there was downtime. Yeah. Okay. So when so there was in the, the parking lot for going inside the ceremony. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, but actually, because there was downtime in the morning, you know, like there usually is, because the makeup artists take forever. You know, like during that uh, okay. during that downtime. Usually, you know, I you know I arrive as soon as all that stuff is done. Yeah, I usually do so too. Put that bride in her dress and start doing portraits. I I do too. And oh, so here's a little, a little. We're gonna get back to our conundrum in a second, but a little oh. tip for you, and I think Neil just said it: wedding photographers that are new. Um, don't be like me. Don't show up at eight thirty in the morning. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I do this anymore. I'm saying I've learned. Let well, me tell you. Why you're exhausted the next day? You have a, <laughs> yeah. a eighteen hour wedding. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like years ago, I would like show up because the brides, you know, the brides want you there. They're like, we want getting ready shots, and I'm like, okay, see you at eight thirty in the morning. And then you end up being at the <laughs> salon, and you got like four hours, sometimes five hours of these like getting ready shots until the bride gets in her dress, and it's like, and I've learned the hard way that very few of those images actually get used in a wedding book so um so what you should be 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If any at all. So I've really gotten really pretty straightforward. Like when a bride says, hey, what time, you know, like, will you show up at 830? I'm like, oh, well, actually, I show up about 30 to 45 minutes prior to the dress going on. Um, that And that's when I show up and I say that at my consults. Mm-hmm. And um, because because that's if you show up much earlier than that, um, you end up having a lot of shots without makeup on. So that's just one of the things I do. But but I even though I did that for this wedding, they were just late anyway. Mm-hmm. So. You know, what are you going to do yeah. sometimes? So, yeah, and, and whenever a bride asks, you know, well, what about the, 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 the makeup getting ready kind of things? And I just say, you know, we'll just have you, um, you know, redo it, kind of, kind of act as if you're doing it right in front of the mirror, right before you put the dress on. And they're like, oh, okay. So, because we always say, you know, you're not going to want like 400 shots with nobody with their makeup on. And, and I always say, you know, the girls always say, oh, don't take my picture, don't take my picture. And it happens all the time. So I'm just kind of done with that whole thing. And I've yeah. never had a problem. Yeah. And, you know, how many of those shots get used? It makes everybody feel awkward. And it's just, uh, it's, it's exactly. you know. And really, how many of those shots really make an album? And that's the final product of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And the other, the other thing, too, is that it also tires us out. You know, like, like in all seriousness, you were joking before, but like, seriously, shooting, you know, an hour in a wedding that lasts four hours longer makes you a lot more tired out by the end of the day. And mentally, you may not be where you want to, where you normally are, you know, in order to get you the know, shots that actually matter later on. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, not only the shots that matter, like the first dances and everything, but uh, one of my favorite parts of the night is at the end of the night when I, you know, take the bride and groom out for one little last photo shoot at the end of the night. And if I'm exhausted, my brain is just not thinking the way it should be or the way it normally does of being very creative with light and posing and everything like that. So, yeah, got to be, got to still be fresh at the end of the night. Yeah. And, and actually one more thing, and this is listeners, if you're listening right now, this is a big tip, big tip. What Neil just said, end of the night shots. I don't know why. And I don't know, but like a lot of people still don't do that. And I'm like, why don't you do that? That's huge to do those end of the night shots. You really get to play with lighting though. Yes. Because, because you can set things up however you want to, and you get to do test shots with your second shooter and just make like an awesome image and uh and it's a great way to like end the night with your clients like they end up like you end up giving them hugs and and all that it's like if you're just like leaving the wedding without doing that stuff i think you need to you know it's sure you're tired at the end of the day and it's been a long day and everything like that but if you're not doing that i feel like you're missing out on like one of the best things you should be doing so that's that's a that's a little tip there for you that that i think both of us think is important and, and you and I have talked about this in the past. If let's say if you just have like the short wedding or you're just, um, or time got cut short in between, you know, for, for pictures in between the ceremony and the reception, um, that's the, that's the time where I actually, you know, pull out my wow shots. If I didn't get them earlier in the day, um, you know, that that's also a good, good way to end the whole day. Let's say if you're just not, if you just weren't feeling it throughout the whole day or if, if you were, which happens sometimes. Yeah. It, which it does. Um, and, that, and those are the times where, you know, I'm like, okay, now, now's my time to get my portfolio shots that I'm known for, mm-hmm. um, and make up for whatever time that we lost earlier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just so that you go home feeling good about yourself too. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I just think that that's like a huge thing. And if like people aren't doing that, uh, you should really kind of reevaluate that because it's a great time to connect. It's good for business. You know what I mean? Like as far as like just like really connecting with your clients at the end of the night and you end up loving them. Like I end up like loving these people by the end of the night because you're just like, you know, you you get to get inside their story and their head and their families. And it's just like, you know, I, you know, it's just such an honor to be a part of that day. Um, I don't know. It's just a great way to end the night. Um, so, uh, Neil, I think we'll do, uh, maybe one or two more topics here, if that's okay with okay. you. Um, uh, we haven't touched on this in a while and we had a lot of requests to, uh, to get into this a little bit more. So I guess we will, but, and Neil, I'll ask you, um, for our listeners that are struggling with posing out there, cause it sounds like we have quite a few episode as well i know okay we can we can touch base on it now yeah i mean um i i can just throw out a few tips myself that that have helped me a lot in this past year but um why don't you start first do you have like things that for people that are really struggling with posing or maybe even books that people can check out something that's helped you um what are some posing thoughts that you have for our listeners that are struggling with posing right now well, well, a great way to do it is um, is doing the engagement shoot, uh, whether if you include them in your packages or it's just complimentary. It's always very, very good to do an engagement sh- shoot with your clients. And that's where you actually get to teach your clients how to pose. So on the wedding day, they're already kind of trained by then. Um, but when as soon as I start an engagement shoot, I kind of go through this whole spiel every time. Um, and, th- and this is like one-on-one you know, just for the beginning thing, like I said, this could be a whole episode. Um, what I tell my clients is that I don't want any straight arms. Um, if you mm. don't know what to do with your hands or your arms, put it in a pocket, put it on each other. I always say you guys are engaged. So I want you guys engaged with each other. So always have your hands on each other, uh, whether it's put on his chest, put on his arm, mm-hmm. uh, put it around his neck. And then, you know, I tell the guys, you know, put on, put on her waist, or, or I'm sorry, her hip, her butt, um, or holding her arm, any or and always holding hands, um, and that, that always makes an image look a lot better. Um, definitely, 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 never have straight arms going up, you know, down down a person's body. Always, always have them doing something with their hands. That's that's number one important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of shifting the weight with the ladies because uh, we don't want the ladies to be a straight up and down, like uh, just a um, just a straight arrow up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies are known for curves, so let's let's uh, let's put some curve into their bodies by um, you know always bringing the one leg forward, shifting the weight, kind of leaning towards the camera, that kind of thing. Um, the guys like to look a little bit more broader in the shoulders. Um, so always kind of what I like to do for the guys, just kind of bring their, their feet together, almost kind of like, almost have them shaped like a V. Um, and that's, that's kind of like how I like to do with the guys as well. Uh, those are, I mean, those, like I said, this is just the, the little, little tiny things that I like to do. Um, and then, then we can get into more detail after that. What about you, Andy? I, well, I think those are all fantastic tips. Every one of those things I think is, those are key everybody um like those are like really 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 important all every one of those tips neil 
was fantastic. And I really say that because I just want listeners to realize like how important that stuff is. And, and, and I think this is like definitely like one of the things that like makes or breaks like amateur photographers. And when, you know, like, you know, people that have been doing this for a while, like look at a photo and you can immediately like see these things that just don't look like, like that, like, like what you said, what you started off with, with the hands, right? Like where are hands, where are arms? Do people have straight arms? Are they bent at 90 degrees? You know what I mean? Like those things, things matter and it's like there's nothing like worse than like looking at a photo that is like and i have like i actually had this one engagement photo that's in my portfolio and i still have it online on my website right now and i love it but i hate it because i had this dude's hand like straight out like in his pocket not connected with the bride you know what i mean and it just and it's just like there needs to you need to be connected and i'm so upset at myself because i had this perfect image that i didn't fix do you, you know what i mean or that i didn't i didn't realize that then or it wasn't on my radar at the time um they needed to be connected your couples need to be connected if they don't look connected they it looks unconnected it you know it's just like it's like that's that's for couples i think that's such a huge thing um where where hands are and how connected and sometimes if it's a matter of just like having them play right like by like if an arm is straight maybe you won't like tell them hey turn your arm exactly at this degree you might say hey put your hand behind his head and get close with him and see what happens out of that just to kind of change it up a little bit so that they're not feeling like too posed or self-conscious about the way that they're posed or they're thinking about it too much um Mm -hmm. so you're still accomplishing what you want to accomplish but not by directly posing them. But sometimes if you have like that perfect shot that just needs that thing, then I, th- I don't know what you do, but I kind of just like, okay, then I'll, I'll actually pose it, <laughs> you know, to, to make it happen. But yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of the things guys that Neil's just, Neil just talked about, I think the, that I think are super important. Um, the, 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 what I wanted to mention was a uh, Roberto Venezuela's book, uh, picture perfect posing. And in that book, that really, I think I mentioned on the podcast, I was starting to read it like a year and a half ago or whenever, maybe even when we were first starting this podcast, but uh, I was starting to read that book and it was actually, um, it really stuck with me throughout the rest of last wedding season. And I feel like my posing definitely improved throughout that wedding season last wedding season because uh, some of those things were sticking with me. And I still feel like I want to go back to that book and reread it and then continue to implement more because there's so much that you can actually be doing that it can be overwhelming. As we know, as photographers, there's like lighting and people and dynamics and, and every little inch that's posed and, you know, like all of that stuff matters. But, and so if you try to do too much at once, then you're not going to be able to accomplish much. But if you pick one thing, so I picked like maybe, and he even mentions this in his book, like pick one or two things, like maybe one thing can be like, hey, this wedding, I'm going to focus on getting the girls, like as you mentioned, you know, like, like more of an S curve in the body rather than just being straight. You know what I mean? And we do that by the things that Neil was mentioning. You know what I mean? By shifting the weight, um, leaning into the camera, that, that leaning into the camera thing is huge too. That's actually something that, that I learned a little bit more through this picture perfect posing book is like, um, say that you have, this is, this is, and this is like one of the best examples I think that he had in the book, um, is like, and I didn't realize this or think about this um, until really last wedding season. Um, but if I had, for example, like uh, it's this is okay for guys, but really not okay for girls. If I have like a bride sitting down on a chair um, and I'm like 
for example, let's this is there's reasons that you might not want to do this. Maybe there's reasons that you do, but say I'm on the ground shooting at the bride in a chair, okay? Um what the closest thing to the camera is pretty often going to be that bride's knee or maybe her foot is going to be the closest to the camera. And chances are when you actually think about it, the foot or the knee isn't what's important or what you want to be important in that image, you know? So like mm-hmm. leaning into the camera and bringing the, the bride's face closer to the camera or having her sit up and put both, both of her hands on her knee and leaning in a little bit. So her face is closest to the camera. You can still do that same shot, but now it just doesn't look like like a bloated bride leaning back in a chair and i'm and i'm over exaggerating because obviously i would have thought that was a bad photo even a year or two ago but but what i'm saying is is that i'm i'm paying extra special attention to what is the closest thing on the person's body to my camera lens you know that's something i did not think about until last year and when i've started to think about that then um, I even have like couples together like, hey, guys, this is going to feel a little weird, but I want you both to like lean into the camera a little bit, even though you're looking at each other, lean in towards my cameras a little bit and then go right back to that same pose that you did. And I get I get such a better usable image by doing that than if I would have just had them like looking at each other and like leaning into their leaning into them and it looks like they're falling away from the camera, if you know what I mean, because some couples will do that unless you give them yeah. that direction. Um I'm kind of like spewing at the mouth about this stuff, but does all this <laughs> make sense? Uh, any thoughts from what I'm saying here? Yeah. Uh, one, one little tip um, when, when you have clients sit down, make sure that their butt is all the way to the end uh, as to where they're just barely sitting on the, on that chair. Uh, because once they, they, they put their back all the way up to the end, then they just become like this slouch. But once their butt is all the way at the end, they're kind of like supporting themselves like on their knee and they're naturally actually leaning towards you. Um, so instead of just saying, oh, just just sit there and lean towards me, it, it, it might feel awkward to them. But just tell them just to, just to sit their butt right at the end of the chair or the couch or whatever, and they just naturally uh, lean towards you. So that's a little tip, too. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think, listeners, if, if the posing thing is presenting you, I mean, we could talk more about specific situations and that kind of thing, but uh, I definitely want to, once again, just recommend to you Roberto Venezuela's book because I think it is just so well put together where he's talking about different parts of the body and then you're combining them. And you're not thinking of like, hey, I'm going to do pose number one, pose number two, or pose number three in your repertoire. That's not the goal of that book. The goal is let's think about the body, you know, let's think about, let's think about being how you want to be, you know, um, poised, you know, for example, as versus a slouched look, right? Let's start with that. And then, and then let's add these different elements. Let's think more about the hands. Let's think about how things are connected. And as we continue to think more about these elements, we end up with this uh, beautiful image by the end. Um, but it, you got to start with one or two of those topics, but I really recommend if, if posing is becoming a problem for you, um, which I think it is for everybody. I think all of us can go back and review and be thinking um, more about posing. Um, yeah. uh, then, but I, I definitely do recommend that, that at least, uh, that you check out that book. That's my suggestion. Um, if you want to dig further de- into it and I suggest that you do cause, <laughs> cause, uh, cause it's good. I want to, actually, I want to get, I want to read it again myself. Um, to, to, to be thinking a little, to take it to the next level. Cause I feel like I implemented, you know, like maybe like four or five of the 10 to 20 things, you know, like really well this past wedding season, but I still have more of those to add in, to be thinking about that will improve my posing on a, on a regular basis. So, um, mm-hmm. 
So there's some posing tips uh, for you guys. Um, Neil, I think um, we're. I think that that might be it for this episode. If that's okay with you, unless. Um, oh, that's that's cool with me. I gotta I gotta get back to work. Yeah, th- <laughs> things things are a little bit crazy right now, and uh, yeah. and so I hope this was uh, helpful to you guys, our listeners. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, the the topics themselves. Um, I think that's the important part of our show. We haven't had one of just you and I for a while. Um, no, I know. And uh, I think that it's good to to kind of get back to some of those basics, even if they're topics that we've loosely covered before. But um, it's just good to to be thinking about this stuff and implement it and trying to be the best uh, that we can be, regardless of what level that we're at, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, Neil, anything exciting you got coming up? Um, any 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 bigger weddings or projects? Or... Uh, yeah, my Alaska wedding is coming up in ah. uh, first week of June. Um, so I'm mentally preparing myself for that and I'm, we're in contact with the bride and groom kind of almost nonstop for now, like just all the details and logistics, um, trying to figure out what glacier we want to, we want to go take pictures at and, <laughs> you know, and really cool things like that. Um, and they're really kind of treating us, um, they, they really want us to enjoy Alaska because they're from there and they, they, they know that we've never been there before. So they really kind of want to play host and make sure that we see everything too, which is amazing. It's, it's just those dream clients that you always want. And especially when you're so far away from home, um, that's, it's, it's just a great feeling to, to have that. Um, and then after that, uh, in August, I'm headed to Antigua actually the week after, actually two days after, um, I get back from Alaska, I I'm going to be Danielle's assistant assistant, at a wedding in Pennsylvania. So we, we get off the plane and head in the car and, and drive down to Pennsylvania for a completely different wedding. And that's what I absolutely love about this job is that all the clients are different and every wedding, every project is just so different from each other. I, I just, I'm loving what I do right now. So what about you? Uh, honestly, not too much. I'm just hoping to survive this, uh, <laughs> this, this <laughs> festival coming up here. No, no, this um, festival. Now, um, I just recently had an engagement shoot and the, um, these I, trees, are, now remind me, what, the, what are these trees called? Li- um, they're uh, just lilac. They're like flowers, lilac. but they're like, yeah. Now they're, they're not on, they're only in bloom for a very short period of time, correct? Yes. Yes. And Rochester mm-hmm. is kind of like known for them and it's kind okay. of our biggest festival here bands and buffalo had their festival and the week before that i shot an engagement shoot using those trees um and then now now i see people online talking about how they're completely gone um are in rochester are they are they still in bloom in rochester mm. because i know here in buffalo they bloom pretty early yeah all i can say is we'll see i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, because I, I know a lot of photographers <laughs> like to take advantage of them for for their photo shoots. So just I, I just want to give them a heads up if if they have a wedding this weekend or something um, that if if a bride really wants them, just I would I would say just get out there and, and scout that location because they might not be there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll be in bloom or not, but I know that like it's a pretty big deal. So they probably have people that are set to help them be in bloom at that time i don't even know if they if they manipulate it or not but uh um but either way that you know that it's just um it's going to be a 10 10 crazy days of insanity and i'm actually most excited just for the bands because it's so outside of what i normally do and i have full 
access to get on stage and you know there's some bigger performers um i actually i don't even know if you've heard of this dude but keb mo is like one of my favorite he's like this blues artist uh freaking awesome man uh and rusted roots gonna be there and there's there's a whole bunch of bunch of you know bands that i'll be shooting and and that's kind of exciting um but there's a lot to do though documentaries too you know it gets you away from shooting weddings and worrying about brides it's it's kind of nice to shoot something different once in a while. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and then that is actually good that we kind of pushed this episode back this week. Cause then I don't know what we would have done for next week too. So it all worked out for our scheduling. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that said, uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening in to episode number 35 of wedding photographers unite, uh, Neil, where can people find you online? Uh, they can just Google Neil Urban, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N, and I'll come up and follow me. And my name's Andy Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I. If you Google my name, all of my social media stuff will come up there. I'm most active on Facebook, so friend me there. Um, and that said, everybody, uh, thanks so much for listening in, and we will catch you Wait, next time. All right, thank you. Good night.